This is a Mr. Thrive Media production. I, Jonathan Boring, have interrupted this program to introduce my own podcast. It's called the Social Spice Podcast. It is a show covering the ever-growing topic of social media marketing. And just how a few simple tweaks to your digital outreach can change the entire course of your business. Let's get you cooking with fire. Again, the name of the podcast is the Social Spice Podcast. Available on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, we're here to help. Check, check, one, two. Baby the bop of the boop. Well, 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 we are back with another exciting episode unlike anything you've heard from this podcast. We typically interview artists and entertainment professionals, and this person definitely has experience in that field, but comes at it from a very unique perspective. This is Suzanne Gunderson, a stress relief consultant that focuses specifically with storytellers and in doing so allows them to break through their writer's block with this amazing neurotapping process. Together, Suzanne and I worked on some personal issues that I was experiencing, which ultimately makes this not only one of the most personal episodes out there, but one of the most interactive episodes. What I implore everyone to do listening to this is to follow along with her techniques and try it out for yourself. Trust me, it will not hurt. It can only do you good. And the worst case scenario is you leave with a new thought about neurotapping. It was a super fascinating experience, and I implore everyone to give it a try and follow along. Before this episode starts, I'd like to remind everyone that this month's networking party is weeks earlier than it normally is. We are doing it on December 15th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. It is our last networking event of the year, and we are so excited to be collaborating with artists and entertainment professionals from across the world. We get people from all over the world coming in virtually to come collaborate and figure out what is the best way we can all help each other. It is such an amazing community, and I'm so, so thankful to be a part of it in any capacity. Another thing about this particular event is that we have a huge announcement that is only happening within this event. I'm very excited to share it with all of you, and the only way I really can is if you go to the event. So please, hear it there before anyone else does. Please, be sure to register. It is on our website. If you go under the events tab, you can click on any of the hyperlinks available and it'll send you directly to our networking registration link. You'll be emailed right away with all the information on how to attend the event. We are so excited to have you. Without further ado, let's get this show on the road. Sit back, relax, and let's relieve stress together. You have stumbled upon Mr. Thrive Stars of Tomorrow, where together we will discover emerging artist, stress relief consultant, Suzanne Gunderson. Suzanne, welcome to the podcast. How are you today? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And I could definitely use some stress relief. And to speak on that, I realize that intro is really for artists because we're used to working with artists, but you are not just an artist. You do a little bit more than that. And I'd like to ask you what entails the life of a stress relief consultant. Wonderful questions. I speak with a lot of people that have a lot of stress in different areas of their life, personal stress, creative stress, professional stress. And I've got a really great, you know, stress relief toolbox of cool techniques that I can share that, that work on demand to be able to help people in the moment, be able to process whatever it is that they're experiencing, whether it's in their body, emotionally, or even mentally. So it's pretty fun work. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty impressive when you can get to the point where a certain technique on demand, as you just said, 
Yeah. That's the that's like the phrase that really stuck out to me right there. Can in a sense fix what I'm feeling, right? Not that you're not supposed to feel certain things, but that you should take control over it, right? That's really what it's about. Well, feelings don't last very long. It's our resistance to experiencing them and letting them go that creates the struggle. And sometimes that struggle can last five minutes, five days, five years, fifty years. <laughs> you know, as we struggle with our emotions, because we don't know how to process them. So the techniques that I share are just tools to help people process. It's not to avoid your feelings, you have to feel your feelings, you, you need to feel your feelings, but the techniques I use help you process those feelings that way you're not stuck on them or resisting them. And in terms of your comment of what you just said about letting yourself feel things and experiencing the healing process for, like you said, five days, five hours, five years, you know, like that, you know, scale, it sounds like you're speaking from a personal experience experience, which we'll get into. Yeah, Yeah. we'll we'll get into that because I would love to learn more about your story since this podcast really does focus on, you know, the human aspects of the guests that attend it. Before we begin, we're going to do something very special for this podcast, which is every 20 minutes, Suzanne is going to lead us on, would you call it a guided meditation? How would you describe it? A relaxation minute or so. Relaxation (laughs) minute. I like it. Okay. Well, take us on this relaxation minute. What do we got to do to get ready? One of the techniques I teach is called, that I I call it neuroenergy tapping. It's based in my studies in neuroscience and it's combined with some energy methods. And you may have heard of it just by the the word tapping, because we're actually going to literally use our fingers to tap on energy points of the body. And when you do that, it helps us to shift how we feel and experience our body, our emotions, and our thoughts to be much more peaceful and give us kind of more of a context, opportunity to have a context of more wisdom about what we might be experiencing. Kind of a crash course in how to do it. First is, you know, our bodies are energy. We've got rivers of energy that flow from our head to our feet called meridians. If you went to an acupuncturist, they would put needles in these energy points for the purpose of circulating the energy body. But you can literally use your fingertips to tap on some of these points and it it effectively does the same thing. It starts to move the energy in the body. So we want to keep that energy moving. Just to practice, Let's just take two fingers, your index finger and your middle finger. Okay. And then just, if you grew your eyebrows together, that would be where your first point is. Just take your two fingers and get a nice bounce in between your eyebrows. And you want to, you know, do some tapping enough where you can hear a padding sound where you're, you know, on that point. And you want to tap about five to 10 times per point. And then the next point is on the side of the eye. So right by your temple, Take your the same two fingers, your index and your middle finger, and just start tapping right there by your temple. Again, making sure you're hearing a padding sound. That's how you know you're doing it with enough pressure. You don't want it to be so soft that you're not really engaging the meridian. The next point is under your eye on the top of your cheekbone. Same two fingers, index and middle finger, just getting a nice bounce there. Remember, we're just practicing now, so no stress. And and by the way, for everyone who is listening, this is bound to be the most interactive episode that we've ever had on this podcast, which I'm really, really excited about. But the disclaimer is that if you're driving at this very moment, pause the episode, wait till you get home, sit in a quiet place and listen to this episode because we do not want to put you at harm's way in the spirit of trying to relax. Very Uh, true. You want to be driving when you're driving. Yes, exactly. Suzanne, take the it next, away. I had to put the next, the next point. So, so we did between your eyes, right? Yep. The eyebrow point. Mm-hmm. We did the side of the eye. We did mm-hmm. under the eye on the top of the cheekbone. The next point is if you're going to take all fingers, four fingers of one hand, not, not your thumb, and just get a nice bounce on your collarbone. So if you had a, like a short necklace, it might be landing where your 
Um, you'll be wanting to bounce um, your, your fingers right on your collarbones where your necklace is landing or right where your collarbones kind of meet up in the center of your chest. And the last thing you're going to do is just take one hand and squeeze the opposite wrist a couple of times, maybe like four or five times. Just squeeze it, squeeze it, squeeze it. And remember to breathe. Those are the tapping points. And what tapping really does is it helps us to you know, calm the mind and relax the body which helps us have opportunity to shift into new ways of thinking, new ways of feeling, new ways of experiencing even our body's more you know, relief. How we get there is really simple. Number one is I'm going to invite everybody right now just to kind of think of something that might be on their mind that feels incomplete or might be bothering them, causing them a little bit of like a niggle, like, oh, this doesn't sit well with me. You know, maybe somebody cut you off at the grocery store or the gas station line or somebody I uh, didn't call you back or you're waiting for something to call or someone to call you back, whatever it might be. Just step number one of tapping is to kind of notice what bothers you and how it bothers you. And we're going to do this in a real general way. So I'm not going to ask you, Chaz, to tell me what's bothering you right now. I just want you to think of what might be bothering you. I invite everyone who's listening to think of something that bothers them. Now, as you're thinking about this thing that bothers you, I want you to notice, do you see this thing as a movie in your mind? Do you hear it as a sound? Do you hear it as a voice? Or do you just feel it as maybe a feeling or a sensation in your body? But step number one is always invite something that bothers you and notice how it bothers you. How it bothers you because you are the movie director of your life, right? You're casting all the characters, you're doing everything. So what is this full-on production of what's happening to you right now when I say something, what's bothering you? So maybe you are watching a little movie or some pictures or slideshows going through your mind, or maybe you don't see anything or you just hear a sound. Oh, somebody said this to me and I never forgot what they said. And that tone of voice, I never forgot it. Or maybe it's just, I can't hear anything. I can't see anything, but man, I just feel like I'm sick to my stomach or I feel some pain in my knee or whatever. You just, you might only have that information or maybe you have all of it. But step number one of tapping is notice what bothers you and how it bothers you. And then step number two of tapping is give that experience that you're having an intensity number on a scale of zero to 10. If zero means doesn't bother me and 10 means it really bothers me, what number would you give it? And figure out something that's higher than a six, because the higher the number, the closer to the root of what it is that is creating this problem, creating this stress in your life. If you find something that's kind of less than a six, it's kind of like, you know, you're kind of, it's too general. We want to get really in, you know, to the root of the problem. So if you have something, find something that's higher than, you know, make sure that's higher than a six and how you do that is step number three. And that means to go to the part that stands up the most, the part that you're like, no, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear that part. I don't want to see that part again. No, 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 that's the worst part. When we go and focus on the part that we don't like, the part that stands out the most to us, usually that intensity number starts to come and creep up a little bit. We start to get a little bit higher and it might, maybe before it was a six, now it's an eight. So again, wanting to find something that's higher than a six, how we get it to be higher than a six is we focus on the part that we don't like, the part that's uncomfortable the most, the part that's kind of the worst part of it. And then step number four is while we're there in that full on, I don't like this thing. It really stressed me out. I know how intense it makes me feel right now. I'm looking at the worst part of it. Step number four is to start tapping. So Chaz, do you have something right now? I do. I have something in mind. Yes. Okay, great. Is it higher than a six? It's just about a six or a seven. Yeah. 
Okay, great. Can you go to the part that stands out the most, the worst part of it, the part, whether it looks like, sounds like, feels like, just go to it? Yeah, yeah, and I it can. usually makes it a little bit higher. Okay, while you're there, just focus on whatever it is that you're doing to create that stress. Just take your two fingers and start tapping between your eyebrows. Everyone just lift their chin up. And I want you to say out loud, let it go. Let it go. And then tap on the side of the eye and say, let it go. Let it go. And then tap under your eye on the top of your cheekbone and say, let it go. Let it go. And then tap on your collarbones and say, let it go. Let it go. I want you to grab your wrist and squeeze around a couple times. Just take a nice, easy breath. Blow it out. But I want you to say the word clear. Clear. Now, in your mind, I want you to take a vacation. Go to one of your favorite feelings, your favorite memories. Maybe it was just sleeping on your soft pillow last night. Maybe it was taking a hot shower earlier today. Maybe it was seeing the sun today and walking in some sunshine. Just go to something that feels really good. You can stop squeezing your wrist and just ease into this wonderful experience of this beautiful memory. Do you have something on your mind now, Chaz? I do, yes. Good? Yeah. Great. Awesome. I want you to take your two fingers and start tapping between your eyes and say, this is who I truly am. This is who I truly am. Naturally and easily. Naturally and easily. And then tap on the side of the eye. This wonderful feeling. This wonderful feeling. Lives inside of me. Lives inside of me. And then tap under your eye. This wonderful feeling. This wonderful feeling. It's all mine. It's all mine. I create it. I create it. Just like I create all things. Just like I create all things. And then tap on your collarbone and say, and I create this thing. And I create this thing. And it feels really good. And it feels really good. And I can have it anytime I want. And I can have it anytime I want. And then take your hand and squeeze the opposite wrist a couple times. Take a nice breath. Blow it out. Say the word peace. Now I invite you to go back to the thing that was bothering you. And can you tell me, is there something that may be standing out about it now? Or what's different about it? Is the intensity number different? Do you know more information about what was really bothering you about it? It's hard to answer that question. The thing I'm looking at specifically is it's an ongoing thing. It's kind of a ubiquitous part of my life. When you were feeling a six before, is it still a six? I would say it's still a six, yes still a six. Okay. Well, just notice that it's still a six and everybody else, whatever number is left, just follow along. Just take your two fingers and tap between your eyes, repeat out loud and say, I don't know how to do this any other way. I don't know how to do this any other way. It's been in my life for a while. It's been in my life for a while. How could I do this differently? How could I do this differently? And tap on the side of the eye, all the feelings associated with it. All the feelings associated with it. The first time I felt them. The first time I felt them. Where they lived in my body. Where they lived in my body. I just let them go. I just let them go. It's safe to let it go. It's safe to let them go. And then tap under your eye. I deserve to let it go. I deserve to let it go. Because it's bothering me. Because it's bothering me. Because it's stressing me out. Because it's stressing me out. This thing that's bothering me. This thing that is bothering me. I know what it looks like. I know what it looks like. What it sounds like. What it sounds like. What it feels like. What it feels like. And I'm just letting it go. And I'm just letting it go. And then tap on your collarbone, just letting it go. Just letting it go. From every cell of my body. From every cell of my body. Because that's my choice. Because that is my choice. Because I deserve peace. Because I deserve peace. And then grab your wrist, squeeze it around a couple of times, take a nice breath, blow it out, say the word peace. Now go in your mind to that really great memory. Something that feels really good. It doesn't have to be a big thing. It could be just easy. Just something great. No traffic on the highway today. Awesome. Feels really good. Squeeze your wrist while you're there. Nice. And then just breathe and... Blow out your breath and then just say the word peace. Peace. And then go back to the thing that was bothering you. 
And tell me, what's the intensity number? Is there something that stands out about it? I would say I'm down to like a five. Great. So just start tapping between your eyes right now and say, I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. I'm moving it through my body now. I'm moving it through my body now. And tap on the side of the eye. I can do this with everything that stresses me out. I can do this with everything that is stressing me out. Tap under the eye, letting it go. Letting it go. More and more of it go. More and more of it go. There's more I'm missing about it. Because there's more I'm missing about it. That I'll be able to see. That I will be able to see. Be able to hear. Be able to hear. When I let this version of it go. When I let this version of it go. And then tap on your collar one. So I'm willing to let it go. So I'm willing to let it go. And it is safe to let it go. And it is safe to let it go. And then grab your wrist again, squeeze around a couple times, take a nice breath, blow it out. Say the word clear. Nice. So you might be noticing that you feel a little bit more relaxed in your body. You might be noticing that you're yawning a little bit or took a spontaneous breath or just feel like a little tingly sensation. And all of those are great signs that your body is shifting from one state of kind of a contracted stress to getting more relaxed. And this is what it means to kind of get back into the, our natural rhythm and flow. When we're stressed, literally the body starts to contract and squeeze in, even though we don't realize it. So when we're thinking about something that stresses us out, it, that's, what's, that's what slows the energy body down. That's what slows our rhythm and flow down is that we get, we get wrapped around the axle about some of these things that, you know, if we just eased up, started to relieve some tension, we could back into our flow. And then when we're back in the flow, well, then we have opportunity to see things with new wisdom. So... I invite you now. Well, well, tell me, you know, what, what's what's your experience now? How are you now? I'm feeling great. After that that tapping experience, I feel actually a little bit uh, lightheaded. And I've experienced mm -hmm. that, by the way, when I've meditated in the past, where I've like I've done like some kind of med guided meditation, some sort of guided stress relief, and I'll feel lightheaded. I mean, what that tells me is that very much so, a lot of this is physically in my head, like I, I suppose a pressure, so to speak, right? Where it's almost like I've released it, you know. So that's what I experienced. And to get very vulnerable and personal on my own podcast for a second the ubiquitous thing that i was hinting at earlier mm -hmm. is the fact that you know i was just thinking about like okay what's the underlying thing that's like a problem in my life right the problem is that while i live in a really beautiful place i live with my parents and i used to not live like that i had a phase where i was an adult where i had a full-time job with a good paying salary i had to let it go because i was laid off and i start my business and that journey into building my business while it's been incredibly rewarding and empowering it's it's also a very lonely path and mm. that loneliness is what I was feeling because I, I started out this quarantine with so many parts of my life feeling like it made sense and now I have to rebuild that from scratch and that's a very lonely process and oh well you're not going to rebuild it from scratch no why do, why do you say that because you know how to be full. You know how to be of life. So you're not needing to learn that again. I mean, you might not have a perception that it's with you right now, but it's not like you have to do it over. You just I, need to reconnect with it. I suppose so. It's just, it's a process. And I'm getting, I'm not like, you know, I'm very thankful to say that like out loud that I am luckily not depressed. Like I feel again, totally invigorated. And what I'm doing right now, I, I know I'm doing the right things because if I, did, if I wasn't doing the right things, I'd feel terrible. But what I'm doing right now is actually one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life. And I feel really good about it. But it's still like the beginning stage is, is very lonely. 
entrepreneurship is a very lonely beast. And well, you know, probably a lot of people who are out there listening are, are maybe struggling with the same loneliness, right? Yeah. You know, we just did some tapping without me knowing anything about what was going on with you. And that was just for the experience of, of learning how to tap and, and maybe releasing a little bit of some stress, but you went after kind of something big. So yeah, you said, you said it had to be higher than a six. So I was like, okay, well, I got better reach deep then. <laughs> you know? Well, Hey, you know, somebody cutting off the grocery store could still make you eight or nine. Yeah, it depends. Right. <laughs> and you know, like this podcast is very much about the human side of things. So I try to stay mm -hmm. vulnerable. This isn't the first time I've been vulnerable on the podcast. I've, mm -hmm. you know, talked about so many revealing things. I don't know if you've ever given yourself the, I'm sure you've given yourself the chance to oh, be definitely. vulnerable on different mediums and platforms and whatnot. It's part of your job, isn't it? Absolutely. If I don't share my vulnerability, I can't get my clients to do that for, yeah. for themselves. Um, there is something, there's a term called co-regulation, which means that, you know, when we're young as children, we don't know how to regulate our experience of life. And we need someone else to help us do that. And we look to our caregivers to help us learn Am I safe in my body? How do I feel better emotionally? What should I be thinking about this? And that's why they say, you know, it takes a village because the more people that were helping raise a child could help them regulate physically, emotionally, and mentally. And so now as adults, you know, we have a lot of, you know, a dysfunctional upbringing kind of being bubbling up to the surface. Now we're learning about a lot of early developmental trauma. We've all kind of been living through to varying degrees, but that kind of led us to be a little bit dysregulated and not have those regulation skills. So as adults, we look to other adults, the ones that we feel the most safe with to have this co-regulatory experience. So just in sharing your vulnerability has you opening up to somebody else's vulnerability. I'm just talking, speaking about myself, that way that we can be more co-regulatory together and we can help each other. What you might do good, I might not and vice versa. And, right. and we help each other. And that's what it means to co-regulate as adults. And I really appreciate that opportunity to co-regulate. I wanted to ask you, when you were leading that guided stress relief relaxation minute just now, were you participating in your own activity or were you focused on leading it? I was focused on leading it. Okay. Got it. Yes. I was curious if that's a luxury that you get to have where you get to focus on yourself at the same time. No, you know, I think I get the borrowed benefit, they call it, of uh, if anything that might be kind of outside of my conscious awareness or something that might be going on with me outside of the time that I'm present with somebody else, that I kind of get the benefit of the tapping because tapping definitely is a relaxation technique without me having to do anything to do it. You know, I haven't having to think anything about it. It still works. No, I wasn't focused on anything that was stressing me out. I was more just leading it. I completely respect that. And um, I appreciate you committing to, uh, you know, getting me through that process and getting the audience through that process. Well, that's really neat. How did this get started in your life? What was like your eye-opening experience that drew you to, you called it uh, neuroenergy neuro tapping, energy correct? Yes, neuroenergy yes. tapping. Yeah, it's, you may have heard of it as, Faster EFT, B-set free fast, the tapping solution, emotional freedom technique. There's lots of names for it out there, but I've been doing it for about 15 years and I have my own style. And that's why I call it neuroenergy tapping because I'm really a big neuroscience geek. I'm kind of like a science intuitive kind of person. So and I want to like know the science behind it. That's why I call it my version neuroenergy tapping. How did I come upon this? Uh, great question. You know, I grew up with a lot of stress and anxiety, a dysfunctional household, oldest of three children, felt a lot of responsibility. Uh, I had an anxiety disorder when I was a teenager that kind of grew into an emotional eating disorder. 
And I was on a lot of medication through my 20s and, you know, up and down the scale, you know, physically, my weight. I, I finally got into my early 30s and I was like, I just, this is not living. Like, I really want to find a new way to live. And I started to become a kind of a, like, a, I put myself on a quest to find tools to help myself. I said, there's got to be a natural way to do this. So I found some really cool techniques like hypnosis and neuro-linguistic programming and energy methods and neuroscience and I was reading a book one day and somebody mentioned something in the book about, well, if you have anxiety, you should just tap under your eye because the under eye point is the, the uh, stomach meridian in Chinese medicine. It represents anxiety. And I was like, what? And it blew me away. Like, what do you mean? You could just tap on your face and your anxiety could calm down a little bit. And then from there, I was just kind of hooked. This was back, you know, in like 2004 and there wasn't a lot of stuff on the internet like there is today. But there was some stuff. So I, I found kind of who have figured it out and invented it and studied it intently. And, you know, from that got to, you know, get off all the medication that I was on and um, lose all the weight, the emotional eating. And I just, my behavior just totally changed. And I, I just became more comfortable in my own skin, which I never had been. So I, you know, went into it trying to figure out how to help myself. And I just am um, a natural teacher and I like to share and Back in that, that time of life, there just wasn't a lot of people doing what I was doing. So I was teaching it back then to help me keep the language fluid in my life. That way I could make sure I was tapping often. So I was teaching other people that way I could remember to tap on my own. It's like, you can't just learn a foreign language and then just go back home and go, okay, well, I'll never use it again. You have to practice it. So this was a technique that I wanted to keep practicing in my life. So I was just sharing it as a teacher. And then I got clients from it. And that just kind of, here we are 15 years later. That's an amazing journey, it sounds like. And I'm so happy you got to make that transformation. Being that it's an Eastern medicine, do you find people are ever resistant or overly skeptical about the practices themselves? Oh, sure. There's lots of skeptics out there. And this is why I did so much research on the brain and neuroscience, because tapping directly affects the brain. You know, the brain, the nervous system and the brainstem, you know, really are responsible for how our body responds in fight, flight, or freeze, which seem to be really great, you know, buzzwords these days. Oh, fight, I'm in fight, flight, I'm in freeze. But really it's the state of your nervous system and your brainstem. It has nothing to do with your emotions or your story, what's going on. When you're tapping, you're literally sending a calming message to the part of the brain called the amygdala, which is in the limbic system part of the brain which is the fire alarm, emotional fire alarm part of the brain. And when you're tapping, you're sending that message that says, hey, no fire going on. Turn the alarm off. We're really okay. Bear is not chasing us. It's okay. We're going, we just missed the exit. It's okay. We're just living with our parents for a little while. It's going to be okay. <laughs> you're not going to be forever. Right. And, and then the amygdala says, oh, I can calm down now. So the fire alarm gets turned off in the amygdala. And then it sends a message to our vagus nerve that everything's okay. And we've got a, a vagus nerve that runs from our brainstem all the way through all of our organs that, you know, when we're reacting in stress, you know, all of our body is just on alert, ready to go and fight, flight, or freeze. But when we start to calm down the amygdala, we have to calm down the vagus nerve, then our body starts to physically relax. So yeah, for those skeptics out there, I can go into science 101 or even deeper to share with you just, you know, what's going on really behind this tapping. Yeah. And everything you've said, even though it's technically Eastern medicine, it mm -hmm. aligns with what is widely taught in the West. Like you're talking about real life neuroscience right there. You were using complicated Latin words, <laughs> but you were talking about the relationship of the brain 
yes. to the nervous system and how overall you're able to, I mean, literally tap into these, the heightening a certain sense in the effort to relax the body. Yeah. I mean, I, I could go deep science with you, but I won't do that. You know, I mean, when you're tapping, you're sending that calming message to the brain, you're helping relax some of those stressed neural pathways that are going on between the brain and the body. And then you're opening up for new neural pathways. There's a lot of other dynamics going on there hormonally and with neurotransmitters, but we don't have to get so sideways into that right now. Sure. It's just, you know, there is science behind tapping. When you're tapping on these energy points, it's sending a message to the brain. It directly affects the brain, helping it calm down. And when you calm the brain down, the nervous system will start to calm down. And then that's what it means to, for the body to calm down and relax. That's why you might feel a little bit more just at ease. You might feel a little tingly sensation. You might just feel like, oh, yawn comes on or a spontaneous breath. So yeah, I mean, I take the skeptics through that and, uh, and everybody else is willing to kind of come along and play and show them the science of that. Totally. You described one success story. That is your personal success story of, you know, you discovering this, you going deep into the studies of it, discovering, you know, that neuroscience and the practice of tapping can be combined into this particular uh, practice for particular therapeutic practice. Mm -hmm. My question is, can we hear a success story outside of yourself? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So if we keep it focused on kind of industry folks, uh, I work with a lot of screenwriters and screenwriters, you know, 50% of them will say there is no such thing as writer's block. The other 50 will say, yes, I've got writer's block. The bottom line is, is that uh, if you have an experience where you're sitting at your computer and you can't write, there is either a physical, emotional, or mental reason that is taking you sideways. I've worked with plenty of writers over the last five years. Uh, one stands out uh, where they were responsible for writing an episode of a television series. And, you know, at the same time, they had uh, a personal event going on in their life where some was sick. And uh, they couldn't keep focused on how to get this episode written. So I worked with them uh, probably three times in one week to really help them be able to process what they were experiencing in their life as kind of a personal distraction. That way they could get into their creative flow. You know, you can't be in your creative rhythm and flow if you've got something that's taking you sideways. And in that case, it was something that was emotionally taking them sideways. So I helped them kind of process that, that way they could get in to be able to, to write that episode. I've also helped with other industry professional uh, professionals like uh, a new time director, somebody who maybe had written scripts before but never really been in the director's seat. And here they are now and it's a totally different experience. They're working directly with actors and they never had to do that before. And they, have a, they, they can have an experience of a lot of nerves and stress. So I give them you know, a couple of sessions to be able to really get them calm and confident to be able to go on set when they're shooting and be really present in the experience of, of what they need to do there. How do those sound? Do you want, you want me to get you? I can get you more. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. That, I mean, that's amazing. So you actually, so you're sometimes hired to just be on set on standby from what I'm understanding to, yeah, to I've relieve the them. stress that exists. And is yeah. it just for the director or is it for all the crew members? Uh, I, I haven't done it for all the crew members. I've done uh, exercise classes to get everybody kind of energetically present and everyone kind of enjoys it. Uh, so I've done that kind of, that's what I'm going to be doing for your future uh, Friendsgiving special, right? Yes. Everybody kind of like, you know, relaxed and present and calm. 
So I've done it for groups like that, but usually the one-on-one stuff, just like, you know, you were sharing before that your real stress is about kind of loneliness to work one-on-one with people really helps them move through their stuff as opposed to doing in a group. You know, I can do it in a group, but it will be a little bit more general than if I do something one-on-one with somebody. So screenwriters are often, you know, I do a Zoom video chat like this and we just work through whatever it is that they're going through. You know, directors, the same thing. They might come on a Zoom video chat and say, oh God, I bombed yesterday. I said something to this actor or I didn't know what I was doing or I was just so nervous. So we go and we kind of quote unquote clean that up and we feel we find some way to kind of just let that go. And then we practice on how to be able to be more confident when we're at the next, you know, onset situation. I have gone on set with a couple people just to kind of be there in case something happens to them or they need to, uh, you know, be in the rhythm and flow of their art. So yeah, both. I think that's really cool. I mean, because I it's not unheard of to have a an on-set masseuse ready to go for the talent or for any of the executives on the set. So I think that what you're doing is actually a pretty essential part to any high budget production that might be of high stress. So that is really interesting. And that is, by the way, why you're here is because you have specifically focused in on arts and entertainment as your client base. And it's a really interesting approach. And I, what inspired you to look that direction in the first place? Oh, great question. I mean, first and foremost, like, I love working with all the industry professionals in entertainment. I never thought in a million years that I would be taking this in that direction. Uh, It actually came to me. You know, I had been working working in women's transformation, helping a lot of women through their chronic anxiety, stress, and trauma. And a woman came to me who was a very well-known best-selling author and asked me to help her with her writer's block. And I thought, well, I don't know that. I said, but we'll try it. And uh, and we worked together for about three months and she was able to finish her book on time, even early. And her publisher was ecstatic about it. Her follow-up book was another bestseller. And with that, uh, she was able to share about me to some people that were kind of in her publishing group. And then some publishing people got a hold of me. I started to work with some other writers. And then there was one uh, executive that worked at a network said, Hey, I heard you're doing this for authors. Could you do this for screenwriters? I have some really amazing, talented screenwriters, but you know, uh, I, I, I don't want to keep cycling through different writers every season for some of these shows you know, could you help me out? I kind of got involved that way. So I started working one-on-one with some screenwriters from there. And then that kind of grew with some of the screenwriters blossomed into directors. And then that kind of kind of grew from there. That's so interesting because it's not what you were expecting, but as you just said, you know, you didn't choose the thug life. The thug life chose you, right? So (laughs) (laughs) it's it's definitely uh, just kind of an interesting uh, thing that kind of landed on your lap and you embraced it and you took it in a really great direction. And I really hope you get the chance to work on some some bigger sets. You also mentioned, and I really appreciate you mentioning this, that you're doing our Friendsgiving event as our opening speaker. I'm very, very appreciative of that because we're going to, I think that, you know, immersing yourself in arts entertainment can be very rewarding and you're doing it in such a generous way. And I just want to thank you on behalf of the people in the network. The next event is on November 24th at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We look forward to having you there. And Suzanne is going to be our opening speaker, guiding us the way that she just did at the beginning of this episode. Speaking of which... Well, we're going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to do a couple of energy exercises, just some different oh, okay. things. We're not going to... We can do a little bit of, uh, of tapping, but we're gonna we're gonna get into more some energy body movement stuff to get the whole energy body moving. Got That'd it. Be fun. 
I love it. I love that this variety in what you do. I love that it's not just a one cookie cutter thing that you approach everything uniquely and individually as individuals experience stress uniquely. So I really, really oh, appreciate that. I have a whole that. toolbox of stuff. You yeah. Know, I open up a toolbox, I pick around, so what can I do today? <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of your toolbox, uh, the first 20 minutes have popped up. Are you good to do another session? Let's do it. Do the relaxation minute, as you said? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Amazing. So maybe this time, you know, you could find something that you'd be willing to share about that might not be so deep or so vulnerable or so intense. Not that I'm lacking, not that I want you to lack the intensity of your experience of it, but maybe not such a big hairball as the one you picked before. Okay. Okay. I maybe get it. You want me to really simple. cry on this podcast. You really want to hear my tears, right? <laughs> no. Some sniffles in there. I can do no, that for you. No, no, no. <laughs> just find something that just kind of comes into your awareness of something that's bothering you. Okay. And, okay. Okay. I got it. And Step number one about tapping is always notice what bothers you and how it bothers you. So now you say you quote unquote got it. What do you got? What do you got there? Like, are you <laughs> watching a movie in your mind? I mean, this thing, whatever's bothering you is not happening right now. You're sitting in your chair talking to me, but yeah. now you just found a way to go get it. Right. So right. what did you get? What so, does it look like? So I had a friend mm -hmm. uh, that I, not, I wasn't close with, but I did a ton of things with. And he was kind of an integral part of this friend's group that I was in. And this was years ago. So if this was more relevant to then, it would be a much bigger hairball, so to speak. Sure. But today, it's a lot less because since then, we've been cordial around each other and we've spoken and whatnot. It's been kind of this very cold enemy ship, so to speak. We've had like an immature falling out because of things that I didn't know how to handle well, things that he didn't know how to handle well. And since then, our ways have you know, separated. But I would like to mend that relationship because it's been years now and there's almost like no need to apologize anymore because I'm not going to speak for something that I'm, I'm a different person now. What are your expectations of his maybe wanting to do this or not wanting to do this? My expectation is that he's going to demand an apology. Oh, and you don't want to apologize. Well, cause I know he's not going to apologize and that sounds really immature to say out loud, but how do you just... know he's not going to apologize? I've heard through the grapevine, through okay. the game of telephone, and, and maybe it's just a matter of me picking up the literal telephone and just calling him and seeing about it. But, I, you know, it's just I don't see. Put the blinders on like a horse puts the blinders on. You know, we only can see what we believe, what we know, what's in front of us. And, you know, wow, what if you could just open up to give him permission to apologize to you? I mean, it sounds like, you know, this expectation of like, he won't apologize. He'll ask for my apology. That really is, you know, a very narrow way of being, which is a stress for sure. So maybe just stay open through our tapping process now to maybe allowing him, I don't know, to maybe say hi and say, hey, you know what? What a huge waste of time. Can we just be friends again? Yeah. Maybe okay. it could just be as easy as that. But hey, we'll, we'll get there. So just notice right now that there's this conflict. There's this conflict. He wants the apology and you just want to move past. Yes. Right? How do you experience this conflict? Do you see it as a movie in your mind? Like he comes up to you and he's like looking at you like, I want an apology. And you're like, no, you know, or is it just you hear him? You heard through the grapevine, all these people saying, oh, he wants an apology. Or maybe you just feel it in your body like, no, yeah. not giving him an apology. Typically, most memories in my mind work as a movie, but this one works as a like a like an audio based drama, you know, God, like I can God, hear it more so as an audio based drama. And that's such a podcast producer thing of me to say. So. <laughs> one, good, good, good. All right. We'll just focus on hearing those sounds, hearing that tone of voice, all that that just contributes to this conflict. You mm -hmm. got it? 
Yep. What's the intensity number of this? You know, it's a lesser <laughs> hairball. So like a four, you know, at this point, it's like a four. Oh, bad. Do you want this friendship back? Uh, it's something that would be really nice and make certain aspects of my life more convenient, but okay. you know, it's not a priority either. So I have so many then, other things to focus on. So then tell me, you know, in that, that sound, that auditory sound that you were hearing, could you turn the volume up on that for yourself and make it so you're just like, oh gosh, that doesn't sound real good. Mm -mm. Yeah, like no, that. I definitely have that. I definitely have those those harsh sounds in my head for sure. Aim internally at that voice, whatever it's saying. Usually puts the number up a little bit higher, makes it a little bit higher than a six. So can you get upset or be, you know, kind of not feeling great about this conflict? I want you to kind of get into it because we have to move it. We want to move it through you. Right. So just, is it still a four? I mean, we, we can say it's about a five or, or so, you know, definitely cut what into my we, vulnerabilities at the time. What are you hearing? I'm hearing a tantrum followed by snarkiness. That's what I'm hearing. Okay. I hear that snarkiness. Turn the volume on that snarkiness, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, you owe me an apology. Why am I going to be friends with you? you know? yeah. yeah. That usually jacks up the number a little bit higher than a five. When that happened, when that particular friendship, which I'm speaking very vaguely for about on purpose, by the way. All right. So let's go with what you have. Okay. Let's go with what you have. All right. So just hear that sound and just start tapping between your eyes and repeat out loud after me and say, I release and let go. I release and let go. All sadness. All sadness. All fears. All fears. All angers. All angers. Frustrations. Frustrations. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. Helplessness. Helplessness. Abandonments. Abandonments. Betrayals. Betrayals. I just let it all go. I just let it all go. And then tap on the side of the eye. This conflict has been inside of me for a long time. This conflict has been inside of me for a long time. I just want to move past it. I just want to move past it. And he wants an apology. And he wants an apology. And then tap under the eye. And there is the conflict. And there is the conflict. Wherever this conflict has been living in my body. Wherever this conflict has been living in my body. I'm willing to resolve it. I'm willing to resolve it. So I can let it go. So I can let it go. Even if it means he's not in my life anymore. Even if it means he is not in my life anymore. Not in my life to be in conflict with. Not in my life to be in conflict with. And then tap on your collarbone. I'm willing to let it go. I'm willing to let it go. Every emotional aspect. Every emotional aspect that has contributed to this conflict, that has contributed to this conflict, what this conflict has meant to me, what this conflict has meant to me, how I hear it, how I hear it, how I know it, how I know it, I just let it go. I just let it go. And then tap between your eyes again, that sound, that sound, that tone, that tone, no longer real, no longer will, fading away, fading away. In the distant. In the distant. Tap on the side of the eye. That sound. That sound. Turning the volume down. Turning the volume down. Just letting it go. Just letting it go. And tap under the eye. I can have it be any way that I want it to be. I can have it be any way I want it to be. And I choose to let go of this conflict. And I choose to let go of this conflict. And then tap on your collarbone so it can be a different way. So I can be a different way. So I can hear it more peacefully. So I can hear it more peacefully. I'm willing to do this for myself. And I'm willing to do this for myself. And clearing anything in the way of doing this for myself. And clearing anything in the way of doing this for myself. Grab your wrist, squeeze around a couple of times, take a nice breath, blow it out, say the word clear. Now in your mind, I want him to be standing in front of you, except 
When he opens his mouth now, I just want you to hear like a soprano opera singer. Can you hear that? He opens his mouth and all you can hear is the soprano singing. <laughs> Every time he tries to tell you the same thing, it's just the soprano singing. Right. It's kind of silly, kind of funny, right? Can mm -hmm. you just feel easy about that now? And then just start tapping between your eyes and say, I can do it differently. I can do it differently. Tap on the side of the eye. He's singing my song. He is singing my song. And tap under the eye. It's okay to change it. It's okay to change it. To release the conflict. Release the conflict. And just let it go. And just let it go. And tap on your collarbone. He's singing my tune now. He's singing my tune now. A funny one. A funny one. An easy one. An easy one. Sounds like a soprano. Sounds like a soprano. And then grab your wrist and squeeze it. Take a nice breath. Blow it out. Say clear. Now go back to that thing that you were doing before. That I got it thing. Whatever it was. Mm -hmm, I got it. So tell me what's left. Like what's what stands out? Is it resistance? Like, oh no, he's really going to say it. Or it's like, oh, maybe he won't. I don't know. For me, it's just silence. I, I just see him standing there as content as I feel. Oh, is that okay? I think that's a great thing. In yeah, fact, right? I think um, I think after this call, I'm going to try and give him a call. There you go. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah and I'm just tap between your eyes right now and say, I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud of myself. That I let go of the conflict. That I let go of the conflict. So he can feel as easy as I do. So he can feel as easy as I do. And tap on the side of the eye. He's always singing my tune. He's always singing my tune. And tap under the eye and it feels so good. And it feels so good. He's allowed to be easy now. He's allowed to be easy now. I give him permission to be easy. I give him permission to be easy. And tap on your collarbone. And I, I give myself permission. And I give myself permission. To accept his easiness. To accept his easiness. As soon as I talk to him. As soon as I talk to him. Whenever that is. Whenever that is. Singing my tune. Singing my tune. He sounds so good. He sounds so good. Yep. Take, grab your wrist and squeeze it. Take a nice breath. Blow it out. Say peace. Good job. So that's kind of how you do it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was nice. Just keep practicing hearing him as a soprano. He opens up his mouth and you just hear it and because it's your soprano. Yeah, you know? right. Okay. So when we have a specific expectation about something, that's a stressful thing. You know, it has to be that way, but it doesn't. You know, we're the ones that kind of latched onto that. And however long you've been in this conflict, you just keep seeing it the same way, the same way, the same way. It's like he's been sitting in a chair and you've been like facing him head on and you're just like, this is conflict. And now what you just did was you turned his chair sideways and you're like, oh, now I get to see him from the side view. Oh, now there is a different way to look at it. Wait a minute. He's still sitting in the same chair, but I see him from the side view now. Now I can see it differently because I'm sure he's allowed to grow in his life and maybe he's not going to react the same way. The good news is that whatever experience that you have with him, it's going to work out for you. You're either going to be able to say, great, we can have this easy friendship and grow forward, or he's going to bounce off and go in the opposite direction. And you're going to go, oh, well, thank you for letting me know. I can envision and set goals to rekindling this friendship in a whole multitude of ways. Even if it doesn't go successful, at least have peace of mind that I did the right thing. That's what really right. is important. Yeah. No, I'm doing the right thing. Start tapping between your eyes. I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the right thing. By giving myself peace of mind. By giving myself peace of mind. Tap a sign on the side of the eye. I'm doing the right thing. I am doing the right thing. 
Because I deserve peace. Because I deserve peace. Tap under the eye because I'm done with this conflict. Because I'm done with this conflict. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. Resolving this conflict right now. Resolving this conflict right now. Because I'm done carrying it. Because I'm done carrying it. And then tap on your collarbone. I'll let it go. I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Okay. Grab your wrist and squeeze it. Take a nice breath. Yeah. Good. You want to keep crystallizing that good momentum. Keep that momentum going. Yeah. Feels really cool. good. Yeah. Right. So you should feel a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more comfortable, a little easier. Yeah. You know, that's what it means to be kind of in your natural rhythm and flow. When we get all wrapped around the axle about stuff, it's like, no, it has to, I have to think about it this way. I have to feel about it this way, you know? Right. Not really. And, and by the way, this, this podcast has been incredibly personal to, you know, my particular issues, but for all the listeners who are listening to this, I really hope that everyone is getting just as much out of this as, as I am, because this is just really great. It's so interactive and, and what you do really requires the participation of the listener. And you do such a great oh. job at leading it. So thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Definitely. And everyone that is tapping along to your issue, even if they haven't been, you know, having that friendship that you had, they're going to get that borrowed benefit. Just like I mentioned before, like I'm not focused on anything that's going on in my life. I'm focused on you while we're tapping, but still my body gets the borrowed benefit of just being more relaxed. Artists have come to you, but what's your experience with art personally? Did you ever get to practice art and kind of grow on it yourself? You mean like entertainment art? Entertainment art or fine art? Um, this podcast covers the wide variety of art in general. I always like to write. I have a lot of stories to tell. I feel like I really resonate with screenwriters because I believe that their work is so much of their own personal emotional wisdom and what they write. And uh, the, being able to work with them really helps them to be able to share their story. So for me... Being able to share my story was so important to me. So that's kind of how I was artistically expressing myself was through writing my own story. And I, I wrote my own you know, biography that's on my website. And um, I often share you know, about what happened to me and you know, my own version of it. And so I think storytelling is something that I've always had as kind of my, my version of art. So it was just so appropriate that screenwriters would kind of connect with me because I help them tell their story, whether it's through their TV pilot or their feature, their short or whatever, their web series, you know, I really help them be able to tell their story. So yeah, for me, sure. it was writing my story. That was my art. I think that's great. And it seems I'm getting the impression that it's like, it's very much based around short stories, right? Uh, no, I mean, I write some pretty deep things, you know, I'm, I'm more like about self-help and transformational type of work. I mean, my, my next book coming out is called the, the four wisdoms of personal transformation. So it's, wow. you know, it's all of what I've encompassed in my, you know, 50 years on the planet. So that's great. And how many, how many books have you written up to this point now? Uh, I have one as an official published book. It was an Amazon number one bestseller. Which wow. I'm excited about, uh, but I have six books total. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. And people can find these all on Amazon. Uh, on my website. Uh, the one that I mentioned, the number one bestseller is on Amazon. Yes. Okay. Got you. For those who are interested, check out the show notes currently right now, but just be sure right now, if you're interested in the six different varieties of information <laughs> that she has available to go to the show notes as we speak and to explore the wisdom that she has to provide. Uh, Suzanne, that's really cool. And um, I think out of all the people on the podcast, you've written the most books. That's pretty uh -huh. awesome.
That's really, really cool. Yeah, I do a lot of podcast interviews with people who have ever read them. Some of them are kind of geeky. You remember, I'm, an, I'm a kind of a science intuitive. So, you know, some of them are neuroscience based. So it's not for every reader. Right. <laughs> but some are uh, personal transformation wise. What, mm-hmm. What's a good introduction book within your library that you would recommend to people just getting started? Oh, I get empowered with energy tapping. Get Empowered with Energy Tapping by Suzanne Gunderson, available on your Mm -hmm. website. Yes. (laughs) Perfect. Awesome. I love it. I will even buy it. Like that's just, you know, I- I, You've had the experience. You've had the experience. I I actually personally love self-help books as well. Uh, Like I really got into um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I love the book, uh, The Go-Giver, which is actually more of a short story than it is a self-help book, but kind of very much about that. I don't know. I've just, I've read a lot of really good uh, instructional based books that were really great. There, there's one book. Okay. And before I even say the title of it, um, it was just know that it was written by a, a female psychologist. Okay. The book is called uh, how to understand women. Right. And it was a book really just on how to like do effective listening. That's really what it was about, but it was a great book that I would just like to share as well. Anyway, though, I don't mean to dilute the conversation too much, Go check out. It's called Get Empowered with Energy Tapping. I've also done energy tapping with other people. This woman who, uh, a past podcast that I used to produce called Lemonade Land by Kaylee Zaytuni. She taught me tapping as well. She taught me from the hand, tapping from the hand or the thumb. Yeah, I mean, not all tapping is created equal. It's been around for about 40 years or so. So there's a lot of different varieties and styles about it. Like I said, I've been doing it for 15 years. So I've kind of encompassed a lot of the other wisdoms and learnings along the way into my version of it. So, wow. And, and I teach people actually, I call it the three RP method. That's how my neuro energy tapping. I use the three RP method. That's what I came up with to really help people do it for themselves. So they can have, well, I don't know what to say. How did you know what to say? You'll know exactly what to say. I teach people exactly how to do it. Where a lot of other tapping methods out there don't tell you how to do it. They just say, just tap along and you'll be, you know, just do it this way. But uh, you'll be able to create your own. How interesting. That is very cool. Well, that's amazing. You guys tell me in the audience, have you guys experienced a certain lightheadedness or a certain lightness to you that, that feels good? I mean, this is something that I think is definitely worth experiencing for sure. Suzanne, where... I realize I never asked this question in the podcast. This is probably the latest I've ever asked this question, but where are you originally from? Oh, I'm from, originally from New Jersey. New Jersey. And what was, what was it like growing up in New Jersey with the family that you had? Oh, I mean, I grew up in the early set. I was born in 71. So it was just, you know, it was a different time back then. You know, people didn't really talk about stuff. There was a lot of kind of stuff that went on behind closed doors. You know, there's a lot of just different type of dysfunctional, dysregulated environments that you know on the outside the picture looked great but the inside the family was just not really a a happy place so that's what led me to have my anxiety disorder yeah was that was that part of a bigger family or or uh no just my immediate family my parents and my brother and my sister yeah no because i'm just trying I'm, i'm just trying to like imagine like the kind of dynamic that kind of paint the picture as to the dynamic in your household and that that led to your stress because I, I find that just really fascinating. That's a story in itself. I'm sure you've written about it, haven't you? My story with, yeah, I mean, that was that's probably the first thing I ever wrote was really kind of, you know, my own biography and what I experienced. And that was being able to share that vulnerability with people that led them to feel safe to share what they were experiencing with me. 
It's amazing. And, and how would you say that your family dynamic now today is more comfortable and that everyone's kind of grown? Or would you say that there's still things to, to work through with that? You know, it's everybody has a right to dysfunction. Everybody is on their own journey. So there are certain people in my family that I'm closer with than others. But I mean, I have respect for everybody. I just live my own life. I think that's really a beautiful way to put it, the right to dysfunction, because I think that's the perfect way to put it. You're right. Everyone does go through their own journey. And um, mm-hmm. I commend you for yours. If you're up to it, can we do one more of those relaxation minutes? For sure. All right. Great. All right. So everyone just think of something that might be bothering them right now and just give that an intensity number on a scale of zero to 10. Go to the part that stands out the most, the worst part, what it looks like, sounds like, feels like, whatever it is. Then take your two fingers, start tapping between your eyes and say, this thing that's stressing me out. This thing that is stressing me out. I just let it go. I just let it go. Then tap on the side of the eye. This thing that's stressing me out. This thing that is stressing me out. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. How I know it's stressing me out. How I know it's stressing me out. Why it's stressing me out. Why it's stressing me out. I just let it go. I just let it go. And then tap under your eye. This thing that's stressing me out. This thing that is stressing me out. I'm just letting it go. I am just letting it go. And tap on your collarbone. It's safe to let it go. It is safe to let it go. I deserve to let it go. I deserve to let it go. Because I deserve peace. Because I deserve peace. And then grab your wrist, squeeze it around, take a nice breath, blow it out, say the word clear. Suzanne, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on this podcast. And I want to thank you so much for giving your time and your invaluable information and wisdom to the forefront of this podcast in such a unique way and such an interactive way. I really hope the audience has really gained as much as I have gained from this. If anyone listening right now would like to get in contact with you, perhaps read your books or to even become, you know, one of your clients, what is the best way to reach out? Sure. So I have a website called screenrightnow.com. It's specifically for screenwriters and I teach them natural stress relief, uh, stress relief techniques to be able to help them get into the writing rhythm and flow. For everybody else who's interested in neuroenergy tapping or just uh, being able to connect with their body and their life in a whole new way, I have a website called transformedconnections.com. And you can follow me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff at either screen right now or transformed connections. All that information will be displayed in the show notes below. Finally, Suzanne, I would like to ask you the question I ask everyone on this podcast. What will you be famous for? I'm going to be famous for helping people embody presence at such a level that they feel deep peace and comfort in just existing in every space and feeling comfortable and confident with everybody. Suzanne Gunderson, ladies and gentlemen. Suzanne, thank you so much for being on the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. Wonderful. Thank you, Chaz. I appreciate it. If you've listened this far, it must mean you're a thriver. I want to thank you so much for listening. We want to stay connected with you. So please, in order to do that, we need you to follow every single one of our social media platforms. Can you do that? Follow us at Mr. Thrive Media, one word, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All the same. Also, we want to keep you completely informed as to all the services that we provide. You can do that by going onto our website, www.mrthrive.com. That is mrthrive.com. Have a great day, and thanks for listening.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.